Hey, Gabriel Blake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. I don't know why I keep asking, but where are we? We're home. We're at home. (laughs) Yeah, surprise. There's nothing to do. Yeah. (laughs) It's just the same thing over and over. And what did we watch today? We watched... What's the director's name? Bellatar. Bellatar. Bellatar's final film, according to him, called The Turin Horse. Mm-hmm. A two hours and a half black and white slow movie. Yeah, I think it was two hours and 37 minutes, right? 37, was it? Two hours and 26, 26 minutes. 26. Well, it felt like 26 hours and two minutes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let me let me just think. So I think that first my question is that why did you make us watch this? Why? Because you're tearing me apart, Blake. I'm said <laughs> the worst picks. Um, I I was reading an article about something, and it, this movie came up, and it said that it uh, was kind of centered around this anecdote about Friedrich Nietzsche yeah. and how he, he was leaving his house one day and he saw this man beating to death his horse, his stubborn horse that wouldn't move. And Nietzsche freaked out and ran and he threw his arms around the horse and sobbed, right? And just wanted it to stop. And then basically he went home and went into like a state of dementia for the next 10 years and was mm-hmm. in the care of his mother and sister. Yeah. But that, that's not, I don't know, it, it's not in the movie at all. It's only at the beginning when they say yeah, they, so, this happened. So what I think, so there's a narrator at the beginning, a very dry narrator, which I actually liked that, that bit, uh, who explains the anecdote and he said, this is what happens to Nietzsche, but of horse, we know nothing. And then we start to follow a stubborn horse, so I think. Tar, Bellatar was interested in creating some sort of world where we got to see what happened to this horse and then he just wants to punch us in the stomach, nihilistic despair for two and a half hours. With boiled potatoes over and over and boiled over. Boiled potatoes in <laughs> real time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, basically that's it. I, I was going to be summarizing it, but I said there is nothing to summarize. The whole story is about a a poor farmer and his daughter that they live in a house in the middle of nowhere where the wind is always hitting. And we don't even know. It was know. a storm. Yeah, it it's a storm. A, sure, but it's a storm that sort of lasts from the whole movie. Yep. From the beginning to the end. Yeah. So, seven so each, each chapter is a day in the life of these farmers mm-hmm. living hell on earth. Yeah. Yeah. And every single day, like, things become worse and worse for them. Until I have to say, and spoilers, just in case if you want to watch a two hours and a half movie. Nobody's going like, to watch this movie. That's true. At least not with my recommendation. <laughs> Over my death body. Uh, until at the end, even the light is gone. The last day is that they are dead in the darkness. So it's like a, a part of me I was thinking is like, so, okay, I understand that they want to just display about like, the sufferings that they have and an eventful life that the only events that they happen is about their life like being worse and worse. And the only, how I try to connect it with Nietzsche 
I was thinking about the theory of God is dead. You know, is a, there cannot be a God when they're like having this kind of suffering and there is no hope or anything. Is it just completely uneventful? It's a life that is not going anywhere. Even when the gypsies come around, the daughter is for there a second. It's like, maybe I should let them kidnap me. You know, maybe anywhere else in the world would be better than this. And at that point, I was thinking that, yeah, anywhere else in the, in the world would be better than here watching this movie. Totally hear what you're saying, 100%. Uh, so I'd like to talk a little bit about my experience watching this film. You and I were texting, and we were like, have you watched the movie yet? Because we were both considering taking an edible with medicine in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you end up taking one that night? Yeah, I did. But the ones that I take, yeah. they're like pretty light. Yeah. yeah. So I took one as well. This is not the movie to watch when you're stoned. It's not. And so... I watched an hour, a full hour, and I was like, no, I will not do this. I'll finish it tomorrow. I hated this movie while I was high. I hated it. In fact, I texted you, should we just, I said, this is going to be our shortest podcast ever. I hate it. Me too. Uh, (laughs) And um, so pretty sure you wanted to watch it on Thursday. I actually finished the rest of the hour and a half. And um, the last hour and a half fucking blew me away. I loved it so much. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Man. I'm not kidding. I'm okay. not kidding. The final like 10 minutes of the movie, I was yeah. like, this may be the greatest thing I've ever seen ever. I couldn't go that far, but I would say that the 10 last minutes when it goes into the darkness, you know, about like, and they even like lose the light of day. I felt like, okay, sure, yeah, I mean, this was cool, but you don't need, like, two hours and a half of build-up for just getting here. To be fair, I watched the whole thing while I was high, and my problem with it is that it's this kind of, you know, the only thing that it was missing on the seventh day? Death coming into the picture and playing chess with them. <laughs> Fuck you. Fucking Mark Bergman's <laughs> genius. Um, so I get it, and it honestly, this film felt like something that plays at the MoMA, but nobody ever sits for the two and a half hours. So you kind of just, you stare for 10 minutes and you're like, Oh, it's beautiful. It's so important. And, and, um, and also like postmodern art, I tend to not understand it. And then I, but I'm not saying this is postmodern. Yeah. I typically don't understand it until I start to read about it. And then the concepts behind it, I end up thinking are pretty interesting. And then I'm like, okay, I get it. I actually like this. So as I I was like, there has to be something to this when people say he's one of the most important directors of our time. So I read and read and read and read about it. And there were things that I read that I was like, oh, wow. Like this makes sense. Like the New York times article said, that we see everything in real time and like the daughter boils a potato and she could cut up that potato and it would cook much faster. But Bellatar doesn't want anything to be fast. He wants you to feel the weight of movement. Um, And so this film is fucking brutal to watch. These just miserable people have terrible things happen to them. And when I say terrible, they're very mundane things. But when you add all of the, you know, the storm that won't start, the horse that's clearly dying, the well that runs dry, um, it's awful. Yeah. 
but if you're willing to slog through that and it's a fucking slog, <laughs> I felt like the last 10 minutes were so rewarding. That final scene where they can't get anything to light anymore. And it's just the dad and the daughter staring at their, their food and potatoes. <laughs> their it's like, this is gravitas. <laughs> this is cinema. <laughs> Look, I, I get those last 10 minutes. It's like, I was like, wow, okay, that was cool. I mean, I wish that things actually move a bit more, I don't know, smoother for getting Quickly. here. Yeah, but it seems like if you move it quickly, the kind of payoff that you get at the end is, is not there. You know, so it's a, for me, it's, a, it's not that I don't get it, it's that this movie is not for me. And I don't know anyone that I could recommend this movie. Oh, no, I would never tell anyone to watch it. I would never watch it again. Um, but I did find it, God, this sounds so pretentious, an interesting intellectual exercise. And I think you did too. And that's why you did yeah. it. Yeah, let's just move on to love. Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing that is like, I wouldn't watch it again. I don't know if I would remember this movie again. Now, there are like two things. First, it was an exercise in cinema making. And second, the shooting was impeccable. Of every single yeah, scene. Gorgeous. Yeah. Is that, yeah, it's true that this shot is going to be like just taking 10 minutes, you know, with the camera here, but the camera is like perfectly placed, you know, for just creating a feeling. Like when the, the neighbor comes by to barter and they can be at the table, but only in the upper left hand corner of the screen, the whole time it's focusing on the daughter getting the prune brandy out. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is stunning. It's stunning in moments. Yeah, yeah. But it's like the problem is like stunning movies, they don't need to last two hours and a half. Agreed. Oh, 100%. So I wanted to read a couple quotes. Please there, do. Were, there was a ton of stuff that I wanted you to read. Um, <laughs> but I was like, no, nah, I'm not, not going to do this. So he said that this film is about the happiness of human existence. And did he succeed? Hell yes. Being a human sucks if it's in Hungary in 1900 and you're a potato farmer in a storm. But this is what I found interesting. Uh, I just wanted to see how difficult and terrible it is when every day you have to go to the well and bring the water in summer and winter all the time. The daily repetition of the same routine makes it possible to show that something is wrong with their world. It's very simple and pure. Which, if you think that that's what we watched, and <sighs> I mean, he succeeded. He succeeded like this. All they're doing is she cooks a bland meal. She gets the well. She undresses and dresses her father, who has had a stroke, so he lost control of his body. These yeah. aren't like significant things, but somehow it's horrific. I don't think that it's that it's horrific. You know, therefore, then that's not going to be horrific. You know, that's an uneventful life. We are used to a different kind of life. For me, that's not horror. For me, that's a different reality. Is that the only thing is that he started like just playing the god role for just making things worse and worse for them. And then, and, but the funny thing is that they never go into despair. Into despair. Is that not even when it's like everything is fucking dark? They're still like I, just sitting down. I disagree. I think they were in despair from the start of the movie. The fact that they never talk, they look down. And the New York Times review said, even poor people have conversations and joke and talk to each other. That's not what they did. No, but, okay. 
I think that they're hopeless. Yes, despair. I mean, I think that is like I, from my perspective, I would expect them to actually just lose it. You know? I mean, do you think literally they stop being able to start things on fire? Not start things on fire. What I mean is that just from the perspective of just getting uh, overflow, overflown by all the tragedies that is happening today, is that basically they rely on the horse for making money. The horse is dying, basically. It's like, what is going to be the source of income? It's like, at that point, they, they never feel like really frustrated or anything. They almost feel like just dormant in some kind of way. But don't you think this could be the lead up to what Nietzsche experienced? Is that this is what the owner was experiencing and that's why he beat the horse to death out of frustration? Yeah, I mean, I thought that that was about it. You know, I thought that was like the case, but... The thing is that he becomes so allegorical, so figurative when the light goes off. That is like at that point, I think, okay, so maybe this is not about the bent of the horse per se. This is a bit more about like the idea of a society that God has forgotten and we just go through the motions and we can just roll with whatever that is presented to us without so like just me- trying to change things. So let's remember that uh, Tar said this was going to be his last movie. And to be frank, I believe it is. What more is there to say on despair after this movie? We get it. This is how you see life. There's no hope. Um, so he said, in my first film, which I think he only did 10, right? Like no 8 idea. or 10? Yeah, I didn't check it. In my, in my first film, I started from my social sensibility, and I just wanted to change the world. Then I had to understand that problems are more complicated. Now I can just say it's quite heavy and I don't know what is coming, but I can see something that is very close, the end. So basically his, his entire arc as a filmmaker, he thought that he could change things and he was beaten down by life and intellectual nihilism. And now he had an understanding that he, things can't change. And this is his statement about life. And when you think about this being somebody's sincere statement about life, it does have a gravitas. I, I mentioned that before, but this is a statement about humanity, of what living is. And it sounds so ridiculous now, but that super resonated with me when I, and again, I read all of this when I watched the ending, and I was like, this is the greatest scene ever. Um, So does, does any of this change how you think about anything? Sorry, man. No. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it was like just bored out of my mind with this movie. It's like, I see the point that he's trying to make and it's, it's great. There is nothing positive. Sorry, positive not from the perspective of the movie itself. It's like you don't get like a positive message out of the movie. Is that that's, yeah, that's and not that's the fine. role of film is to yeah. give a positive message. I know, and that's fine, you know, is that we're not talking about a Frank Capra movie or an Aaron Sorkin product. It's that we are just talking about like something that it tries to make you feel sad, bad, depressed, hopeless, and it's a serious on doing that. But I have the feeling that, oh no, I mean, it's, it's what made, and you know, you can just read me more quotes and it can just be like more transcendental. But it's a movie that art- artistically, I think that is amazing. It's like really well done. But anything else? No. 
I won't yeah. remember this movie. I won't remember this movie. I can tell you that. Even like the two hours and a half, I won't remember it. I'm going to set a calendar invite for one year from now, and I guarantee you, you will remember this movie. Because no, like I... four things happened in the movie, and, and you watched it for two and a half hours. <laughs> sure. But it's like, man, it was like the slowest movie that I ever watched. Because you criticize, you criticize a stalker for being really slow and nothing happening and a stupid dialogue. But at least have dialogue. But it was trite. This movie is not trite. I don't agree with that, but sure. I understand we don't agree, but I'm not saying I criticized it because it was slow moving. I criticized it because it was slow moving, slow moving and was like, I don't know, a high school senior's creative writing exercise. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. If there were like way more dialogue, if there were like some kind of character progression, but it's like basically there is no, the progression is not on the characters in this movie. The progression is actually on the wall. Like just becoming bleaker, but these characters became are the same from the beginning to the end. Is the very few things that they show us more about them, it doesn't really evolve them in any way. Like for example, the daughter like trying to learn to read. Is like what is exactly the purpose of that? Yeah, so you're one hundred percent correct because as a viewer, we don't correct me if I'm wrong, but we know nothing about these people before the seven days. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And we yeah. know nothing about what happens to them. It's literally what happened in these seven days. and Very little happens. Yeah. Did it remind you at all of The Road? The Viggo Mortensen movie? Or the Cormac McCarthy book, but yes. Uh, no, I didn't watch it. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> you told me that you like that movie. I have to watch it, but I haven't watched it yet. I, I didn't like the movie. I It was my favorite book, like 10 years. I loved that book. Um, gotcha. But it reminded me of The Road, and even this sort of made me understand, um, because in the movie, there's a town close by that is destroyed by un some sort of unspoken calamity. And the one significant scene of dialogue has to do with the neighbor coming over and saying that the town has been destroyed. You know, what are we talking about? The death of God? Is it the death of men? What's going on? Um, but it was like, it was almost like a disaster movie. Like this horrible thing happened, but we're following a very tiny like microcosm of that event. We're not focusing on the calamity. It's like, how did these two characters deal with what I think is the end of the world? Yeah. I clearly thought this film was much deeper than you. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, man. I think that is that this is a movie that I wish that it was a short of 30 minutes. Do you think it would have given you the emotional payoff? Oh, the, emotion, the emotional payoff that I got? Yes. The emotional payoff that you got? No. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, the things that I love, the last thing, and I tell you again, is like I think that the mission song on this movie and artistically, it's amazing. It's, it's, you know, like a work of art from that perspective. Now, as a piece of entertainment, and not entertainment, and as a piece of something that I'm going to be consuming with my eyes for more than two hours, it's a pain. And, yeah, yeah. Actually, and I, could actually, I think that they could have conveyed most of the feelings that they had in a shorter span. You know, a significantly uh, shorter response. 
that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Would you be watching anything, any other movie by Bellator? Would you watch this seven hour movie? Nope. <laughs> I'm grateful for the movie you went on. And I do, I did find uh, benefits, I guess, to it. There are things that I enjoyed, but it's like, it's like watching a Holocaust film. I never want to watch a Holocaust film, but if it's good, I end up liking it. But I never really want to watch anything. I did end up enjoying my experience with the film. I, I did, but I don't want to go on that journey again. Let me just ask you something. So the first day you watch an hour and you said, okay, this is not a movie for watching while you're high. And the second day you watch the remaining 90 minutes, no? Yeah. So do you think that you have watched the two hours and a half together as a single shot, as if you were watching in the cinema, your opinion would change? I, I don't know. And that's why I called out that one, I watched it in two sittings. Two, I was high first sitting. So there's a lot of things that come into play. I don't know if I went to like the Opera Plaza theater here, if I would have been, had the same experience sitting down for two hours and 27 minutes. I don't know. Yeah. I had a feeling that if we were at the Plaza watching this, I think that I would have left. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I get to a point of, okay, I get it. Bye. So maybe I loved this. Well, loved. I liked this movie in a 90 minute form. Yeah. I mean, that may, would you be willing to rewatch this a year from now? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> you may remember this movie. I like it because you were saying that it's like a year from now, you are going to remember this movie. But it almost feels like, according to what you just said, that you're also going to remember it, but you're going to remember it as a word of warning. And I don't watch this. I, I, don't, I don't know. I know it's contradictory, but it's both I'm glad to be done with this movie, and I'm glad that I watched it, and I'm glad I never have to watch it again. Is there any movie that we watched that we agreed on that, that is like, this has been a, a great movie, but I don't want to ever watch it again? I feel like there was, but I don't have the spreadsheet open. Yeah, maybe Clueless? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm trying to look like for something like long, selling at the ongo body. No, I don't think that that was. Nobody liked that. <laughs> That's true. No, no, man. With shortcuts, I don't think that we mentioned that because it's three hours and it was enjoyable three hours. Okay, so let me read you. This is the last thing I'll read you. This is the final sentence of the New York Times review, and it perfectly describes how I feel about the film. The movie is too beautiful to be described as an ordeal, but it is sufficiently intense and unyielding that when it's over, you may feel, along with awe, a measure of relief, which may sound like a reason to stay away, but it is exactly the opposite. Right? I, I get it, I get it, but I think it's like a very weird way of selling a movie that is that when you are going to be done with the movie, you will be happy, you will be happy that you are done with the movie. Kind of, but it's like saying you're happy, you're, let's think about a workout, you're happy that you're done, right? But it's yeah. not necessarily like you had the best time working out. It's like you get something out of it from putting so much into it. No, you get endorphins. That's not a good example because That's you actually did. No. I have never felt happy working out ever. 
I've never had that burst of energy people seem to get. No, that's, that's a lie to get you to buy. Okay, <laughs> sure. I actually get that. I get that. I actually feel, you know, like happy when I'm exercising. I understand the perspective that you want the results, but like in this case, it almost feels that you're going to be uh, subjecting yourself to an abusive relationship of two hours and a half with a movie. And then you're going to feel like pretty relieved that you're done with that toxic relationship. Or you put in a lot of hard work to achieve something and you feel proud and happy you never have to do that work again. <laughs> it's not doing taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I get it what they say that, but it's like, I, look, it's funny that uh, I was watching a review the other day of uh, The Last of Us 2. And they actually talk about how bleak the world was. Uh, you played the first one, no? I did, not the second one, but the first yeah. one. So on the, first, the, the guy was actually referencing the, the first one. He was saying that, look, I have a bit of a problem with this game because basically it's like the main character is an asshole. You know, his motivations are not okay. His actions are terrible. And, uh, and then at the end, he does like something terrible. But it's like, you are presenting a character that you cannot really empathize with in a world that is depressing. Is like at the end, is like, how am I supposed to enjoy this as a piece of entertainment? Is that this about like just making me feel bad because everything is bad here? Because here, the farmer and the daughter, they are not presented as, you know, like POs people. They are not presented as saints. They're presented as trapped, but they are not presented as some kind of morality. I see your point, but I, I don't think anybody, any of the filmmakers' intention was to be entertaining. Mm. Yeah, I think that this is a bit more of a message or experience kind of thing. Like an art, like not an art film, it's like a MoMA art film. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> this, is not, this is not like a regular consumption movie. This is not like CBS is going to be like getting the rights for just putting it on network TV after whatever, the Wheel of Fortune, you know, on the evening session. I understand that. And as that, as going back to it as an art piece, I think that it's, it's gorgeous. As a movie that I have to watch from the beginning to the end, it feels like punishment. <laughs> it feels like Celine and Dion goes boring, but just removing all the dialogue. Well, the next time I'm going to make you watch Satan Tango. That is Satan. how many hours? And that's for Celine Dion's body. <laughs> oh, no. Nobody. We can actually just check the scores. I think that we are like a sequel at this point. I'm really sorry. <laughs> so should we score this thing? Uh, yeah, for sure. I'd like you to go first because I had my number picked out from, from the time I finished the film. <laughs> those last 10 minutes. Yeah. I think there's going to be like a pretty big difference, but for me it's a three. A three, really? A three. Yeah, it's a three. Wow. I would <laughs> say a seven point five. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I have to say that I'm like really surprised because you actually, when you told me about like just stopping this movie, and you were like significantly ahead than me at that point. I think that it was yeah, just thirty minutes into it. I was really, really done with it, but also I, again, not to disappoint my mom if she's listening i was high and i was not having any of it i was like i'm gonna go watch fail army on youtube okay no that's completely fair wow 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, uh, it's enormously better than a mediocre film. I think it was incredibly slow, which was my main complaint, but also I found the payoff worth it. Again, with the caveat that I split it up into two cities. You should watch it again, just not seeing it as you do. Okay. <laughs> do all, all right, me. I'll start now. <laughs> all right, man. So, uh, next one is my pick, and we're going to be watching Gaspar Noe's Love, as we, we promised. We sure are. Yeah. That you already watched, no? I did watch it yesterday. I should have told you that I watched it, but uh, I was like, well, if I can watch a Bellatar movie, I can certainly watch a Gaspar Noe. <laughs> <laughs> you need like something a bit faster pace <laughs> for just balancing out. Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Well, dear listener S, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Wash your hands. Bye. <laughs>